The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Uh, we are in week five of a series we kicked off at the beginning of the summer uh, called At the Movies. And basically what we're doing is just using uh, movies, either current or popular uh, movies as a hook, a springboard to talk about spiritual truth. And uh, this year, uh, our At The Movies series, it's it's been kind of a popular series we've done over the years. This year, uh, we're calling it Chick Flicks and Date Nights. And if you Google, you know, top chick flicks and date nights of all time, uh, this is definitely one of those movies. And uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about (laughs) sex. And uh, honestly, it's kind of hard to find a chick flick or a date night movie that doesn't talk about sex. So uh, uh, we we had a lot of movies to choose from, but this was a pretty popular one back in the day. Raise your hand if you've ever seen the movie Pretty Woman. Um, in fact, we, we'll, what we're going to do for the second service, by the way, I should uh, we're just sitting there this morning thinking about this. We should have had the band play that song. So they're going to play it in the second service. No, I'm just teasing. Christopher's like, what? <laughs> you did not tell me that. Um, so, of course, uh, Richard Gere in the movie plays a hard-nosed, driven, but lonely businessman who propositions Julia Roberts' character, uh, who happens to be a prostitute. Now, in, in fact, um, I thought about titling today's message, A Hooker with a Heart, and then um, preaching a message from the book of Hosea. And, uh, but if you've never read the book of the Bible, Hosea, then you do not get that joke. So... Um, but uh, now all of you are like, whoa, i got to go home and read the book of Hosea now. Pastor Chris, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, so let's talk about sex. Um, some of you are nervous. Some of you are excited. Um, you know, what is Pastor Chris going to say? What is he going to do? What joke is he going to tell about Janet? Um, what, what, what new story? Uh, Janet has not previewed this message, so it's not Janet approved. But um, anyway... Uh, the whole subject of sexuality is, for sure, one of the most sensitive areas in the human personality. You know, no other single subject produces as deep a sense of guilt as the sexual dimension of life. Uh, the torture chambers that some people feel confined to because of past sexual sin are unbelievable. Uh, the depth of some of the guilt that people carry around seems to know no limit. Uh, over the years, you know, I've been uh, the pastor here at Coastal now for going on uh, 28 years, and I've talked to men and women in my office over, the, over those years who have broken down uh, because of something they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, for years they have been carrying around the guilt and the pain and the hurt, and they now are telling me what it's doing to their marriage. Or maybe it's that young Christian man or Christian woman who feels like they could now never be used by God in any significant way because of something in their past. It's the pregnant woman who lives month after month in a state of near panic fearing that her child is going to be born abnormal as some sort of punishment from God because of her sexual sin. Uh, I'm serious. You know, the the guilt associated with this, uh, for some people, is almost unbelievable in its intensity. 
But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God that in his word he says, no matter how deep the stain of your sin, I can remove it. I can make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you as white as wool. If there is something that I'm asking God to assist me in being able to do today, it's to help lead people to the cross. It's to help lead those of you who are still confined to those chambers of guilt and self-inflicted punishment. Those of you who today are walking around carrying a lot of baggage from your past. Those of you who feel like, you know, because of something in your past, uh, there's no way that God could ever use you in any significant way. If, if God would allow me, I have been praying this week and today specifically to help lead you to a blood-stained cross so that together we can receive forgiveness and a brand new start, a new beginning. You see, I really believe that today uh, can be a turning point in your life. And not just a turning point in your life, but in your relationships, uh, in your marriage. And I'm praying that it will be. You know, for the last hundred years or so, the church has pretty much either defined its position on sex by what it's against or we've just been silent. And so because of that, uh, I think we've allowed a lot of confusion and misconceptions about sex. And I think we've allowed the world to steal this away from us and uh, to define, you know, what constitutes uh, a great sex life. So when the Bible talks about sex, like every other area of our lives, okay, God desires that we know what's best for our lives. So today, that's what I want us to talk about. I want us to talk about how we discover God's best for our sex life. So you're taking notes, write this down. How do you do that? Number one, invite God into my sex life. Invite God into my sex life. If you're gonna experience great sex, you gotta do that. Now I know as you're taking notes, that seems like kind of a strange thing to write down. Okay, Pastor Chris, invite God into my sex life. But you know why, you know why I think people are afraid to do that? Uh, invite God into this area of, of their life? Because when you open yourself up to God and you begin to evaluate uh, God's truth, Okay, remember that's how we began this series. I keep going back to that. We held up the word of God and we said, hey, by the way, this is our standard. Okay, not the world, not what you think, not what's accepted today, but the word of God. And when you open up your life to the truth of God's word, how you live your life, it might just mean that you've got to change some behaviors. It, it may just be that you're kind of basing your life on some false assumptions. Uh, it might mean that you have to reevaluate uh, some relationships. It might mean that you gotta reevaluate some activities, that you gotta humble yourself and recognize, you know what, there just might be a better way to live. Now, that right there takes guts. That takes courage. And some people aren't willing to go there. 
But God does have a plan for sex. You ever thought about that? That God is the one who created sex? So if God is behind this, is it possible that he actually has a plan for your sex life? Now, whose plan do you want? You know, do you want the world's plan? Or are you willing, and I'll use this phrase, are you willing to be open-minded enough to think, you know what? There might be a better way to live. There might be an alternative. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 5 says this, God wants you to be holy, so you should keep clear of all sexual sin. Then you will be able to control your body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion as the pagans do, in their ignorance of God and his ways. Listen, inviting God in to your life means that you are letting God have control, okay? That you are willingly, humbly putting yourself inside of God's boundaries, God's ways. And God's boundaries are not bad. You know, God's not trying to rob us of joy. In fact, God wants us to experience maximum sexual fulfillment, and there's a way to do that. It's living and playing inside of his boundaries. And anything outside of that, in any area of life, eventually will lead to hurt and harm. 2 Corinthians 10.13 says, our goal is to stay within the boundaries of God's plan for us. Sin, heartache, Pain always occurs outside of those boundaries. So here is the big question today as we begin. Are you willing to invite God into this area of your life? You know, if you're single, that means you invite God into your dating life. If you're married, it means you invite God into your marriage. Now, if you've been to Coastal for any length of time, you know that we preach both truth and grace. The truth of God's word wrapped, surrounded in grace and love. In fact, the Bible says that when Jesus came in John chapter one, he was full of both grace and truth. And one of the fundamental problems that exist in Christianity today is you got some people who want all of God's grace, all of his acceptance and love, but they don't want any of his truth. And then you've got other people who just want to hammer and beat all of God's truth, that drum, but they don't want any of God's love and his acceptance. We have those extremes, and you see them all the time. At Coastal, you are going to find both. We're gonna teach God's truth, but we're gonna wrap it in his love and his grace. Listen, God, God does wanna forgive. And, and really the, the tragedy today is that some people have decided to single out you know, sexual sin as if it is somehow bigger or you know, more important than any other sin. And I don't think that's true. I think different sins do have different consequences, but all sin, of which we are all sinners, separates us from God. But the reality is, you've gotta have both. You know, we gotta have truth, and we've gotta have grace. You know, a church without grace is just a placard-wearing, Bible-thumping, yelling, screaming bunch of judgmental Pharisees. 
But a church or a group of people that just say, hey, it really doesn't matter what you believe, we're just all love and acceptance here, then they are basically spitting at the cross of Jesus. And they negate the very reason for which Jesus went to the cross. And that's for you and me, out of his great love, for we are sinners in need of a savior. So here's the truth. Having sex or participating in any sexual activity with someone that you're not married to is a sin. The Bible teaches that God's plan for, uh, for, for marriage is one man, one woman for a lifetime. And anything outside of that, any type of sexual activity is sin. It's never been permissible and it's never going to be. But Pastor Chris, you don't understand my situation. My, my deal is a little bit different. You know, it, it's, my situation is unique. Well, my answer to that is, okay, well, God has been around for like eternity and he's not gonna say, oh, wait, hold the presses here. I've never seen this. You know, uh, this is unique. You know, let, let's throw out the Bible because they love each other. It's not gonna happen. Students, let me talk to you about sex for a moment. Now, some of you are thinking, Pastor Chris, I don't wanna hear it. I know what you're gonna say because you're just another old fuddy-duddy, another old adult that's gonna tell me that sex is dirty, sex is ugly, you don't need to do it, and if you do it, you're gonna get pregnant, you're gonna get a disease, you're gonna go blind, and you're gonna die. Okay, in that order. Guess what, students? Pastor Chris is not gonna tell you that. I'm not gonna tell you that sex is dirty, sex is gross, sex is ugly. In fact, you know what I'm gonna tell you? Sex is awesome! <laughs> Woo! It is incredible, I love sex. Your parents, you ready for this? Your parents love sex! They've never told you that, okay? But don't look him in the eye right now. <laughs> but that's how you got here. They did not trip and fall, okay? <laughs> but sex is awesome. It's beautiful. Within marriage. And outside of that one boundary, it always comes with baggage and consequences. And listen, there are plenty of adults in this room who if they could, they would sit down with you and say, you know what, I used to think like you think, but please, save yourself for marriage. It really does damage you spiritually. It complicates the relationship. There are consequences, and God's way does work. Again, the real question is, will you invite God into every area of your life? including this one. Are you man enough to do that? Are you woman enough to do that? Are you, allowing to, are you willing to allow God to come into your life and give you the strength that you need to control the passions in your life? You know what we do? We say, okay, God, you can have you know, this area and that area, and, and I'll give you some of this, but you're definitely not gonna have this part. Whatever area of your life you want God to bless, you better put him first in that area. 
You want God to bless you know, your marriage, you put him first in your marriage. You want God to bless your children, don't just pray for your children, but you put God first in your family. You know, you want God to bless your sex life, you put him first in that area. Now, some of you, before you can put God first in any area of your life, you've got to allow him to come in. Because the truth is, he wants to be Lord of it all. Every area. We don't get to pick and choose. So, invite him in. Number two, here's the second step. Cultivate love before sex. Cultivate love before sex. You know, there's a great confusion today in our culture about sex and love and which comes first. But I want you to understand something. There is no confusion with God. There is no misunderstanding. God is very clear that love comes first and then sex. You cultivate love and marriage and then sex follows. Love, then sex. That is the opposite, though, of what our culture tells us. The world says, well, hey, of course sex comes before love because you don't have to be in love to have sex with somebody. Sex is just casual. It's just a physical act. That's what the world says. But here's the truth. God created sex to come after love, to come after a husband and wife, a man and a woman, have communicated their love to one another and have made a lifelong commitment in marriage. That's why the Bible teaches that sex should be between one man and one woman within the context of that lifelong committed marriage. It's not because God wants to take away our fun. It's not because God doesn't like sex. God loves sex. He created sex, but he has a purpose for it. Now, what's that purpose? Well, after procreation, and we've done a pretty good job with that one, okay? Be fruitful and multiply. Um, After that, the number one purpose for sex is to unite, to bring together a man and a woman physically, emotionally, spiritually. It cements that forever commitment that that couple has made to each other. You see, God knows that the greatest security, the greatest joy, the greatest love and fulfillment does not come from sexual relationship after sexual relationship after sexual relationship. But it comes when two people become one for a lifetime in marriage. And when sex is a part of that relationship, it strengthens that bond. It cements it physically, emotionally, spiritually. Now that's some heavy stuff. And what happens is when we have sex outside of that boundary, outside of that commitment in marriage prior to love, there are consequences. And it sets you up for additional hurt, uh, regret, emptiness. You see, when an act that's meant to signify something permanent is made a part of something that's only temporary, there's pain. You know, in in my 28 years here as pastor, as, as I have counseled couples over the years, one thing that I have never heard, not from a guy, not from a woman, I have never heard one of them say, I wish I had more sexual encounters. I, I have never heard anybody say that. I've never heard anybody say, I wish I hadn't saved myself for marriage. But do you know what I have heard over and over and over again? I regret my past. I regret those past relationships. 
I regret that I've got to deal with those memories, those comparisons, my history, that baggage that I'm carrying around and that I've brought into this relationship. I regret that. Look, I know that there are those of you who are here today who feel like you've already blown it in this particular area. And when I talk about putting love before sex, you've had that reversed and it's caused a lot of problems. You, you have engaged in casual sex with multiple partners and you've done that for a long time and you know better than anyone else. That while, sure, it might feel good for a moment, in the long run, you feel the emptiness you've experienced the regret that you've given yourself away piece by piece by piece to people who do not really love you and who aren't committed to you. And I want you to hear this loud and clear today. If that is you, our God loves you. He loves you. You are welcome here at this church And our God wants to forgive you just like anybody else. And he wants to make you whole again. And I want you to understand that God says that you are too valuable, too important, too beautiful to keep living your life that way. Turn away from that and give yourself over to God. You are too valuable in God's eyes to keep heading down that path. Look at this next verse, 1 John 4, 17. It says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Listen, that's what God wants for you. When you experience, when you live in and understand God's unconditional love, how beautiful and valuable you are and how much he loves you, man, then you're free to love other people. That's why you've got to experience love first. That's why you've got to experience his love first because when you truly understand just how deep and how long and how wide and how high God's love is for you, then it, it frees you up. It gives you that freedom to love other people and to experience God's best for you. So make the decision today Invite God into every area of your life, including this one. Make the decision today to cultivate love first and a loving relationship with God. That's where it begins. Number three, he also wants you to elevate the value of your body. He wants you to elevate the value of your body. You know, we we live here in Charleston, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and uh, we're right here on the ocean, and we we love the beach and and the ocean life. Uh, Ocean water uh, is valuable and beneficial for a lot of things, but one thing it's not good for, of course, is drinking. Ocean water is salt water, and if you drink enough of it, you're going to get dehydrated, you'll hurt your body. If you drink enough of it, you'll actually die. Our bodies were not created to drink salt water. In the same way, our bodies were not created for sexual immorality. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, you may say, I'm allowed to do anything. But I reply, not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. For you say, food is for the stomach and stomach is for the food. But our bodies were not made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. 
And the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise our bodies from the dead by his marvelous power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. You see, God actually elevates the value, the importance of our physical bodies. Let me explain. When it comes to sex, we act as though, well, what we do with our bodies really only has physical consequences. In other words, again, as long as I don't get pregnant, get somebody else pregnant, uh, as long as I don't get a, a disease, I use protection, there are no consequences because sex is only physical. What I do with my sex life is my business. It has no other consequences. That's the world's basic philosophy, that your mind and your body are separate. This philosophy says that your body is not as important because it's not connected to your mind, to your heart, to your emotions. In fact, uh, even back to the movie Pretty Woman, there's this kind of bizarre scene to me uh, in the beginning. Again, she is a prostitute, uh, Julia Roberts' character, and she actually won't kiss Richard Gere's character. You remember this? Because in her mind, kissing is too what? Too intimate, too personal. But she'll have sex because sex is just an act. It's just physical. And that, that is the kind of the world's philosophy today. Now, tragically, many of you here today already have determined and figured out that that's false. That what you do with your body does affect every area of your being. In fact, many of you today are, are dealing with past hurt from sexual uh, mistakes and, and those, uh, those experiences still torment you today. They torment your, your mind, your heart, your emotions because you cannot separate your body from your mind. God made you. Listen, God sees you. This is so awesome. He sees you and I as a complete person with, with your mind and your body and your spirit all wonderfully, beautifully intertwined. That, that means what we do with our bodies and, and what you do with your body sexually it does affect your, your mind. It does affect your emotion. And it affects your relationships. Actually, God raises the value of our... That's why, by the way, that we should be healthy. And we should be good stewards of our bodies because our bodies are important. It affects your relationships. It affects your future marriage. It affects how you feel about yourself, how you feel about other people. In other words, when you have sex with somebody, you are joining with them in a way... That is so much more than just physical. That's a sad, pathetic way to look at sex. God raises the value of it. He raises the value of, of our bodies. Every time you have sex, you're giving away a part of yourself that's more than just physical to that other person. And when we treat our bodies casually, and when we have sex with someone who hasn't made that forever commitment, you are giving a, a, a part of yourself away to that person that you don't get back. An emotional part, a spiritual part, and you are handing that over to somebody who really might not even care about you. It's like, it'd be like going out on a first date with somebody and giving that other person a diamond ring. That's not an appropriate gift. It's way too expensive, way too costly. And you see, you are too valuable just to give yourself away casually. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 20 says, Flee, run from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 
Again, God elevates our bodies. He sees our bodies as a, as a temple. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you as a believer. And think about this. He paid for your body with the death of his son's body. So how we treat our bodies, it matters. Let me ask you, are you honoring God with your body? Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. So, to experience great sex, invite God into my sex life, every area of my life, cultivate love before sex, elevate the value of my body, and then once you've all done that, uh, you are ready, number four, to enjoy God's plan completely. Enjoy God's plan for maximum sexual fulfillment inside of marriage. Listen, again, God created sex to be enjoyed. God created it with your pleasure in mind. In fact, did you know, this is so awesome, there's actually a, a verse uh, of scripture, a little portion of scripture in the Old Testament that says, when a man gets married, uh, he should not be sent off to war uh, for like a year just so that he can hang out with his wife, okay? Listen to this, Deuteronomy 24, verse five. For one year, he is free to stay at home and, I like this, bring happiness to the wife he has married. Now, you're all Hebrew scholars, right? No, I know, but if you look up the word happiness there in Hebrew, um, it doesn't mean for that man to go home and tell knock-knock jokes, okay? All year round to his wife, all day. It actually means to stay home and enjoy God's plan for sexuality. God says that inside a marriage there is freedom. There is tremendous intimacy and pleasure. And God wants to bless that plan if you will honor it, if you will stay in it. Uh, one of my favorite verses in the King James Version, and I know I don't uh, quote or read a lot of King James uh, version, you know, Bible here uh, at Coastal, but I do like this verse. Uh, it's Genesis 26, 8. It says this, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. Now, I love that. Some of you might have other translations. You might want to go ahead and look it up now. Do you know what the word sporting means in Hebrew? Caressing petting, fondling. This was the very first sport ever created. Um, I love this sport. I do. I mean, you can play this sport year round. You can play it indoors, outdoors, at Walmart. You know, um, there's, a, there's no fee for it. There's no requ equipment required. I'm a huge sporting fan. I am. Big, big sporting fan. Um, a scientific survey, very scientific survey, was done to discover the days, which days most men like to have sex. You know what they discovered? They discovered that men uh, like to have sex on days that begin with the letter T. Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, Tattersday, Tunday. Um, no. Uh, I heard about a guy um, who met his wife uh, when she came home at the door, and he handed her two aspirin. And he said, this is for your headache. And she said, I don't have a headache. Gotcha. So um, anyway, think about that. Some of you are going to try that later. Um, listen, here's the deal. If you are married, listen to me loud and clear. 
you should be having the best sex and the most sex of your life. 1 Corinthians 7 basically says, go home and read this, that basically married couples should not be depriving each other of sex, that your bodies are not your own. Your body belongs to your spouse, your spouse, both of you. The only exception to that is when both of you agree for a limited time to devote yourselves to prayer. Other than that, the Bible says, get busy, okay? Um, in fact, on the back of your Connect card, there's a checkbox that says, I will have sex with my spouse. No, um, it does not say that. You're like, yes, I am making that decision today. Um, Proverbs 5, 18 through 20, it says this. May the fountain, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always and may you ever be captivated by her love. And then listen to this. Why? Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? God says enjoy it. Enjoy the intimacy of marriage. But don't exchange that the purity of sex inside of marriage for something that won't last and is hurtful and is painful. You say, but Pastor Chris, um, I've gone too far. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Listen, we serve a God who allows U-turns. God allows us to make changes. And God still wants to bless you. He wants to forgive you. He still wants to, to be with you and have a relationship with you. But you've got to invite him into your life. You've got to give him first place in, in this area. You know, I, I've said that over and over again here at Coastal over the years, that first always equals blessing. Whatever area of your life you want God to bless, you've got to give him first place in that area. Are you willing to give God first place in your sex life, in your relationships, and start this journey toward great sex? You don't have to have it all together. Listen, every single person in this room, we've all made mistakes in this area. Listen, Jesus raised the bar when he said, when you look at another woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Guess what? We've all committed adultery in this room. You've just gotta be willing to say, I'm gonna take this initial step of putting God first. In fact, look what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, and God, and he will give you all that you need from day to day if you live for him and you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Listen, will you open up your heart to the possibility of following God's plan? Will you move in the direction of putting God first? I hope you will. Listen, go back to what I said earlier, though. You can't put God first until, until first you allow, allow God in. You can't put God first until first you allow God in. And God's waiting. Listen, for some of you, he has been drawing you here to himself. Maybe today for the first time, maybe you've been coming for a while and you've just been kicking the tires. 
Listen, why not today allow him in? You know, there's nothing you have to do today that requires anything of you. You know, it's this, you can't earn your salvation. You can't work for uh, this free gift. Open up your heart and allow Jesus to come in. Allow him to forgive you. You can have that today. What have you been waiting on? And I want to pray for all of us today and all of our relationships and that we really willing, we really are willing to allow God to have his way in every area of our life, including this one. And I want to pray today for some of you just to be set free from the pain and the hurt of your past. And you can have that freedom today if you'll simply come to God. That forgiveness, that clean slate, it is, it is here for the asking. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you today for your word. Father, your way really does work. Over the years, the church, at times, God, we have either been silent or we have singled out this area and we only show people what we're against and not what we're for. Not your way and how it really does work and how it really does make sense and how it really is beautiful. Listen, we're all sinners in need of a savior. We all need forgiveness. But if you're here today and you feel like that you have blown it in this area particularly, listen, God loves you. He is ready and waiting to forgive you. You don't have to walk out of this place and clean your act up or do anything. It is as simple and as beautiful as a prayer. It's just one step. It's just a turn, a turning away from your past, a turning away from any mistakes, and one step toward him. If you take that one step of faith, the Bible says like a loving heavenly father, God will run to you. He will make up all the distance. He's already done that through his son Jesus, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, for you. That's you. And he's ready to make you as white as snow. Complete, full, perfect, beautiful, whole, and holy. Not based on you or anything that you or I could ever do, but our acceptance of Christ and what he has done for us. Pour your heart out to him right here and right now and say, God, forgive me. I do want to come home. I do want to live for you. I need forgiveness. I need, I need a savior. And so today, God, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus, in Christ, in what he did and what he accomplished for me on that cross. He went to the cross for me, but sin and death and this world could not hold him down. He rose from the dead and he is alive. He has power over sin and death. I believe that today as much as I know how, as much as I understand. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to become more and more like you now see me, forgiven, clean, brand new and perfect, a part of your forever family. And Father, I pray for the relationships represented in this room, whether single, married, Father, may we put you first in every area, this area included. And may we live and enjoy 
the life that you have for us, that abundant life. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.